Okay, Psalm 67 today. Last week was Psalm 63, and we saw the Word of God tell us that there's something better than life. Psalm 63 tells us that there is something better than life. If you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go and listen. You can listen to it online. I think we even have CDs made up. You can just grab a CD on your way out. Um, but it's also online. And today we're going to go to Psalm 67. Psalm 67 is one of the psalms that got a hold of me when I was in college about 15 years ago. It's one of my favorite psalms, 67 is. It's very short. There are only seven verses. Psalm 67, in many ways, is considered a missions psalm. It is about all nations. It is about all people. And so today, I'm going to do my best to help us embrace the strong biblical view to not be racist, to not be judgmental, to understand that God is absolutely for all types of people. We need to embrace that. You're going to see it clearly in the Scriptures today. And I hope that today you would be open to letting the Word of God shape you. I remember when this happened, I was a freshman in college. I grew up in, a, in an area very much like Fairdale um, in North Carolina is where I'm from. And I didn't grow up with very much diversity in my life at all. Hardly any. Uh, my church didn't have any. My high school didn't have any. I had no experience with any of it. When I was a freshman in college, I got introduced to all types of new people, and that was good for me, and the Lord used it. But I'll never forget being at Valdosta State University in South Georgia, near the border of Florida, and a preacher who I can't recall showed us in the scriptures, Revelation 5, 9, and 7, 9. I'm going to go there at the end of the service, at the end of the sermon today. And in Revelation 5, 9, and 7, 9, it says that in heaven there will be people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It says that for sure. That heaven will have people from every tribe, language, people, and nation. There will be there. At that moment, I don't remember the date. I know that it was the fall of 99. It was my sophomore year of college. The first semester of my sophomore year. My third semester of college. I had never heard that in my life. My church had never preached that to me before. Heaven will have people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. There will be there. I've never forgotten it. I've had Revelation 5, 9, and 7, 9 memorized since the fall of 99. And it's shaped me. Which means there is no way I can be in, uh, indifferent or not caring or, or even judgmental or, or opposing to the differences in people. I must find a way to embrace those in the way that God does. And today I want to get this across. Read with me, if you will, at Psalm 67. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use the Black Pew Bible in front of you, page 522. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us that Your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for You judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. The earth has yielded its increase. 
God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. It's a good psalm. I want to give you three ideas today, and and we're going to shape the whole psalm around these three ideas. The first is blessing, the second is salvation, and the third is worship. Blessing, salvation, and worship. If you take notes, write those down. Today, more than I normally do, I'm going to try to give you a whole lot, so if you can take notes, do it today. Uh, We're going to turn a lot, have your Bible ready, because I want us to get this, that this is how God is. This is what the scriptures are about. This is what his word points us to. So the first is blessing. Verse 1 is the uh, bedrock, it's the foundation for this great missions psalm, Psalm 67. Verse 1 is not talking about the nations, it's talking about us. And it's a prayer, it's a crying out, it is a God, we need you, in which he says, God, may God be gracious to us and bless us. God, we need your blessing. He has something else in mind. Namely, people. Namely, lots of people. Namely, people that are so different from me. People that are so unlike me in many ways. He has them in mind. He has the nations. He has all peoples in mind. But he knows that it's not... It's not healthy enough, pure enough to just be praying for them. He wants God to do something in them. Real believers of God are not content to just say, I prayed about it. They're wanting God to do something in them to bring about the effect of what they prayed about. And he knows this through the blessing of God. God, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. What a prayer. God, if your face would so light us up, something would happen in us. Amen? If God would be gracious to us and God would bless us, don't you think we could put a dent in this community? Or or, or do we just continue to say that drugs are a big problem around here and yet the people of God and the church of God can't do anything about it? But the prayer, God stop the drugs, doesn't seem to bring too much stopping. Hasn't in my life. Maybe we should learn from Psalm 67 and say, God, do something in me. Be gracious to me and bless me. God, make your face shine upon me because I want you to do something. And perhaps our problem with all of our problems is that all we do is pray about our problems. Instead of saying, God, shine on me that you might use me to help the problem. God, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. It's a big prayer. You have to really want God if you invite him to put his face on you. Most of us are scared to have the face of God on us. It's bright. It exposes every single bit of darkness. It's bright. And so we don't really want the face of God on us many times. But when our heart is sincere and pure, that's our prayer. God, be gracious to us and bless us. Make your face to shine upon us. It doesn't tell us whose psalm this is, but Spurgeon says you'd be a brave man to bet this wasn't David. It drips with the sound of David. David got this from reading the Bible. 
I want you to turn with me from, to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers is the fourth book in the Bible. So if you start at the beginning, you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then Numbers. It's all written by Moses, the first five books are. It's called the Pentateuch or the Law or the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's all written by Moses, one big work. And when you get to the book of Numbers, God is teaching His people Israel who are on their way to the promised land. They're not there yet. They're traveling through the wilderness trying to get to their promised land. God is teaching them how to live in a good, healthy relationship with God. When you're going to live in a good, healthy relationship with God, there there are always factors. One, there's obedience. And two, what about our sins? That's something that all of us deal with. How do I obey? What does obedience look like? How does God want me to be living? And then, what about the times when I don't? Just last night, I had to teach my kids yet again that we pray both ways. We, 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 we pray, God, for, forgive me of my sins. We pray, God, God, help me to obey. I want to be an obedient person. Help me to obey my mom and dad. Yet, I don't obey sometimes, and therefore I need a Savior. Thank you for Jesus. Both of those are in play in our lives, okay? And that's where the people of Israel are in the book of Numbers. And so God is teaching them what it means to live by faith, to believe, to obey. There's a lot in there about laws and obedience. Yet, when you don't, what are you going to do? How do you get forgiveness? What does that look like? That's going on in the book of Numbers. And you get to verse 22 of Numbers 6. We have what is called the blessing of Aaron or the Aaronic blessing. This is something that you should memorize if you wanted to. It's really short. It's just three short verses. 22 says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. So it is from God through Moses onto Aaron and Aaron's sons. A blessing. Moses doing it for God. A blessing on Aaron and his sons. And here's what he says. Thus you shall bless the people of Israel and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. What a prayer. If you want to start praying with your kids and you never had before, that's okay. Now's a good time for you to start. Start with that one. If the relationship is too tense for you to pray with them... I understand. It'll get better. Start while they're asleep. Once they're asleep, go into the room and start with this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. Make His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you peace. Don't you want that for your children? Wouldn't you love to try to pray that in their bedroom, in the stillness while they're sleeping? Now, for some of y'all, that might be 1 a.m., but be worth it. Be worth it. See, this Aaronic blessing is so beautiful. It cuts to the chase, doesn't it? There's no, no make him strong, make him a good warrior, make him a leader of the people, make him good grades, God, make him have some friends at school. Don't want him to be nerdy. You know, the things that people desire for their kids. God, you, you, God, shine on him. So you turn back to Psalm 67. 
This is what David has in mind. Yet David's not talking about Israel trying to get out of the wilderness. David's not talking about Moses or Aaron or Aaron's sons. David's got something more in mind. David's got something other, something bigger, but yet that, that's his prayer. Bless us. Bless us. Charles Spurgeon says, this verse may be regarded as the prayer of Israel and spiritually of the Christian church. The largest charity is shown in this psalm, but it begins at home. Listen. The whole church, each church, and each little company may rightly pray, bless us. And it would, however, be very wrong to let our charity end where it begins, as some people do. Our love must make long marches. And our prayers must have a wide sweep. We must embrace the whole world in our intercessions. This is what David's doing. David is praying, God bless us because he has the nations in mind. David sits there in Israel as the king. Perhaps picture David, if you will, in his castle, wherever he lived with all of his authority, with all of his power. David could do anything he wanted to. He was the king. And yet he knew the goodness and bigness. He knew the grandeur of God. And if you've ever been there close to God, you've thought, I want other people to know this. I want my neighbors to know Him. I want my kids to know Him. God, I want everybody to know You. And not only do I want them to, You deserve it, God. That was David. So where, where does he start? Certainly running out and trying to tell everybody is a good start, but he didn't start there. He starts with God, bless us. Bless us, God. So the first thing I want you to see is blessing. Mercy. Mercy. Gracious means God, deal with us in a way that we don't deserve for you to. Like mercy. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by God's grace. God does something to us that we don't deserve. That's why I pointed out the redeeming love has been my theme. Not I earned it or I did it or something like that. No, the, the redeeming love of God is our song. That's, that's what he means, be gracious to us. David begins this psalm asking for the blessing of God. But then he quickly moves into why he asks for it, and it's for salvation. Not his. He already knows the salvation. For other people's salvation. Look at verse 2. That, in other words, so your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all nations. David seems to be saying that, God, if you will bless us, if you will pour into us your blessing and your grace, God, if you will look on us and make us shine bright, people will know. And this really is Christianity 101. I think I could preach this message from any book of the Bible. But it seems to not work that way in so many of us. We are not helping the cause of Christ with our lives. And something is wrong about that. But David knows, God, 
If you will bless us and be gracious to us and shine on us, something will happen to us. The blessing of God and the grace of God does something to us. It is a power. It is a transforming power. And if that happens, here's what I know will happen. Your ways will be known on earth and the saving power that you have, God, will be known among all nations. Let me remind you that Jesus only had 12 disciples and at that day when Jesus had come back to life on the third day and gone to see them, there were only 120 people in the upper room. Only 120. Everybody else was full of doubt, full of unbelief. They had turned their back. There were not many. It's only been 2,000 years, y'all, and they've gotten all the way to China, all the way to Australia. They've made it all the way across the huge Atlantic Ocean, and they're believers of Jesus in Fairdale, Kentucky now because he shined his face on his people that wanted his saving power to be known in other places. And they said, God, if you'll do this to us, we'll make sure it gets there. And he wants salvation to be known. And yet every one of us walked in here today with family members, neighbors, friends, nations on our heart that we want to be saved. And perhaps we need to start asking God for His face to be on us. Maybe we need to be closer to the ironic blessing. One commentator says that God deals in a way of mercy with His saints. And then they make that way known far and wide. And the Lord's name is made famous in the earth. So he's talking about a knowing of God in his ways. He goes on to say, Ignorance of God is the great enemy of mankind. And the testimonies of the saints, perhaps like Holly's that we just heard, experimental and grateful, overcome this deadly foe. God's saving ways being known among people are overcome by somebody saying, You won't believe what happened to me. You know how we do all this stuff at the high school down here? Well, we have had all types of other churches and youth ministers and and people call saying, what's going on? How how do y'all have such access down there? What what can you tell us? What what can we do? Not to mention that churches everywhere think that it's impossible to reach young people and it's a big epidemic in our country that churches have no young people. You hear that all the time, right? So people are calling. There's no secret formula to feeding people, right? I had a guy call me this week and say, man, it's unbelievable what's happening at J-Town. Kids are starting to come to know Christ there. We've been feeding them, taking Gatorades. We're there all the time. We're working on them, giving them water. They they let us in. They're glad that we're around. I've had seven people come to know Christ this semester. I passed out five five Bibles yesterday to players who came up to me and said, can we have a Bible? Right? When God starts to shine His face on you and you start saying, hey, I can't tell you what really happened except for He loved me and my sins are forgiven and I just want to love you, man. I'm glad to be here. I love you. Can I be your friend? What what can I do? You care if I come bring Gatorades to the team? Something like that. Who's going to say no to that? Next thing you know, God's ways are being known. They're being passed on. This is how it's overcome. And David knows this. And David is thinking big picture. I mean, huge picture picture here and then he says and you can just tell where his heart is in verse 3 let the peoples praise you O God let all the peoples praise you it's almost like David is there sensing the bigness of God David is sensing the the, the widespread arms He's, he's sensing the redemption that comes for all who will trust in him you can just tell 
And David knows, listen to me, that God's salvation is for all nations. He knows that. The Bible says it over and over again. And y'all, this is where we struggle because we have such a, such a disconnect in many ways with the idea of all nations. Many of us don't have a single friend from another nation. Many of us don't have a single friend that has a different skin color from us. We're just far from thinking this way. But I want you to see today that the Scriptures are all about it. And I want you to be compelled today to embrace it. Embrace it with a strong, passionate, biblical, Jesus-centered, this is what God is about. And if you're here today and you've never been open to it, Maybe you'll admit that in your family there is still a little bit of racism or, or, or being judgmental towards different types of people. Would you today repent of it and say, I'm sorry? If God's about those people, I want to be about those people. If God's about all people, then I want to be about all people. And then I want you to hear the obvious that this doesn't mean you need to move to the other side of the world. Y'all, all nations have come to America. And I praise God for it. I want to warn you, I'm not going to talk much about politics ever. But I want to warn y'all to being so quick to jump on the bandwagon of somebody who can't stand immigrants being here. God loves them being here. You know what's super, super hard? For anybody to go to some places in the country and tell them about the love of God. It ain't happening. They come here, praise God. I know some of y'all don't even like me for saying that already, but David liked it. But one of the things that I've learned here recently is that whether they've gotten it from God or not, the people that work in the public schools here love it. I praise God for that so much. I recently reached out to the high school to see if I might start working there even just as a substitute teacher, because there's so much diversity at these schools, and I love it. JCPS is so beautiful. Last year, Hazelwood Elementary asked me if I could come down there and speak on career day. It was awesome. I went to a class of like 30 kids. I had like two white kids. So cool. Val and I were thrilled when we went to Eli's class this year as a first grader. There's 16 kids in Eli's class, and there's three white kids. I love that. The diversity all over the place. I love white people. Y'all know that. I better, right? But I want you to see that God, God wasn't white. And he's talking about everybody. Just let me tell you a little bit about Fairdale Elementary School. And I'm thankful to the people that work there for giving me this information. Fairdale Elementary School right here has 144 students, K through 5, that are Latino and speak Spanish. 144 right there. 144. That's a lot. They've got 66 other students that are a different ethnicity other than that. At Fairda Elementary School, right there, there are 20 different languages spoken. 
and 27 different nations represented. Right there. Y'all, when you read Psalm 67, you don't have to think, I ain't ever going to the Middle East. You can read Psalm 67 and say, could I go read books right here? Can I get involved? Would somebody like some fresh baked cookies brought to class? I'm telling y'all, the nations are thinking that white people and Christians don't like them. And they're right here. And we can love them. God was all about it. Let's take Coral Ridge now, just right up here, just a little bit further. They have 120 Spanish-speaking Latinos. And Coral Ridge is a little bit smaller in Fred Elementary. They have 29 others that have a different ethnicity. We're talking about huge percentages of these schools. Nearly a quarter of these schools are not Americans. JCPS on the elementary level has nearly 5,000 Spanish-speaking Latinos in it. Nearly 4,000 from different countries that don't speak Spanish. That's a lot. Thousands. Thousands are right here. But now let's go to the high school. The high school right up the road that we get to be involved with a lot has nearly 1,200 students now. Enrollment, I think, is about 1,190. I could give you all those numbers again, but they're a lot. They're a lot. But just listen to this. Somalia, Kenya, Tanzania... South Africa, Ethiopia, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Guatemala, Burma, Cuba, Colombia, Vietnam, Bosnia, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and Liberia all has their proud people at Fairdale High School. We praise God for that. Fifteen different countries go to school right there. We could go on and on and on with numbers like that. I love it because the, the emails that I send there just inquiring of that are writing back like we're from all different places but we're one big family here at the elementary school. We love each other. We support each other. We're going to help each other in our education. I love that. Church, Christians, Bible believers, public schools should not be embracing that stronger than us. They should be embracing it as strong as they possibly can. But they should not be embracing it stronger than us. We have the Word of God out of God's mouth saying, I want my saving power among all nations. God is speaking right here saying, show them. And the way He's asking for it is do something in me. Be gracious to us and bless us. Make your face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. I would love it if any of you all would love to start a prayer ministry prayer group. It doesn't even have to meet. It could just be through Facebook or something like that that is specifically praying regularly, weekly, if not daily, for the salvation of international people through this church. Please, if somebody would like to take that up, let's do it. So he starts with the blessing and the mercy and he moves into salvation and nations. If God blesses us, other people will experience. Verse 4, let the nations be glad. David knows that life will not produce a gladness. It doesn't. And if you've lived long enough, you've experienced that life will not produce a gladness. This couple weeks ago, I loved it when I had the, the soccer team here and we fed them and there's full of diversity there and I gave away $10 to whoever could juggle the soccer ball the most and 
this one young man won, and he was, he was an awesome guy. And got my picture taken with him. He was an African, nice guy. I got to talking to him. If he was a Muslim, and he, he is. He, he's from Somalia, Kenya. And I asked him about his family, if they were Muslims too. And he said, well, my dad is, kind of. He said, but my mom died when she was 14 when she had me. Everybody hear me? My mom died when she was 14 when she had me. Not quick to be judgmental and push people away and look down upon people if you know their story. David's mindful of the mercy of God. He wants everybody to be glad. There's only one way to be glad, and that's to know God. And he goes on and takes the gladness a step further, and he says, God, let them sing for joy. Now, you don't want other people to sing for joy if you don't sing for joy, and, and perhaps that is the problem. Maybe you don't sing for joy. Maybe you don't know how to. But David knows how to. We have many psalms telling us David know how to, right? The Bible tells us that David danced before the Lord naked. He was singing for joy so much. David could get down in worship singing to God. The psalms are songs that David wrote of him singing to God. And he wants other people to sing for joy to God. And he would pray that. Charles Spurgeon speaks of this. He says, Some sing for form and others for show. Some people sing as duty and yet others sing as an amusement. But to sing from the heart because of overflowing joy must find a vent. This is to sing indeed. And whole nations will do this when Jesus reigns over them in the power of His grace. Amen. He says, When men know God's way and they see His salvation, it brings to their hearts much happiness. Can we stop thinking about the nations for a minute right now? And can I ask you here today, is there happiness in your heart? Not in your circumstances. In your heart. Is there happiness in your heart? And if there is not, would you admit today that you need to come to Christ? That you need to call upon Christ as a Savior? In a few minutes when we're done, we would, I invite you down here to make that public. Give your life to Jesus. Turn from your sins. Believe that forgiveness happens. Believe what the psalm is talking about when it says, in God's blessing and grace and face upon you, you can be saved. You can be glad. You can sing for joy because you know that God will not judge you because He has forgiven you of all your sins. He goes on and he says, nothing creates gladness so speedily, surely, and abidingly as the salvation of God. Amen. I'd like to think I'm a happy guy. And I credit my mom and dad for being great to me. But I believe wholeheartedly that my joy comes from Jesus. 
I love being a husband. I love being a dad. I love being y'all's pastor because God has changed my heart. David knows this too. David is crying out to God that other people would know it. And then he puts in balance why. Why is God's salvation to the nations such a real thing? Because, he says, you judge the peoples with equity, fairness, and you guide the nations upon earth. Y'all, God is going to deal with people. And people that have not loved God are going to be punished. We must be burdened with an urgency for people to know Jesus. Commentator John Boy says, Mark the sweet order of the blessed spirit here. First mercy, then knowledge, and then last of all, praising of God. We cannot see his countenance except he be merciful to us, and we cannot praise him except his ways be known upon earth. His mercy breeds knowledge, and his knowledge breeds worship. Verse 5, David says it again. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. See, you talk about it at first and you're like, yeah, they're, they're, they're all over the place. We, we want them to know God. I love it when Val sends me to Walmart at 10 o'clock at night to get diapers. I don't know if you've been to Walmart at 10 or 11 or midnight at Fairdale Walmart. You're the minority there. And it's awesome. I always hope I get in one of those lines where it's going to take them 20 minutes, which is about every time. Because chances are I'm going to have an international person in front of me in line and behind me in line. And I can tell them about our church and about Jesus. I can tell them that I'm glad that they're there. And I try my best to learn, hello, how are you? My name's Josh in as many languages as I can. So they know I mean it. Not, not faking that I like them. I really do. David did. One of my buddies reminded me that somehow white people have reduced everybody in the world to four different races. And it's kind of a joke, but I don't want it to be. My heart's heavy right now. He said, when I talk to white people, they put all people in four categories, white, black, Chinese, or Mexican. We call everybody from Asia Chinese. We call everybody from speak Spanish Mexican. I've been asked a thousand times if my wife, if my wife cooks good Mexican food. We have little to no interest in the nations. We don't understand that people have pride, just like we're proud to be Americans, they're proud to be where they're from. And rightly so. It should be. God made them to love them and wants us to. And David, who perhaps grew up in more national patriotism uh, of racism and judgmental stuff than you and I did, gets this. Why? Because he knows God. Knowing God creates in your heart an openness toward all people. Not knowing God causes you to remain bitter and, and against people. Knowing God causes you to be open. This is the king of Israel saying, God, let the people praise you. 
David knew God. This is the heart of God. Salvation. Now I want you to turn with me to Genesis 12. I want to show you how awesome this is, that this isn't just something random in the Psalms. Genesis 12 is where you have the Abraham covenant, the covenant with Abraham. But I want to show you what it is. God, in in wanting all nations to worship Him, God, in in wanting all nations to worship Him, had a plan to make it happen. Okay? This is not a shot in the dark. This will happen. All the nations will love God. And he starts with Abraham. He calls him out. He tells him what he's going to do. And then the rest of the Bible and the rest of history is God fulfilling it. At Genesis 12, he says, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Okay? Listen, that's real talk. Listen, get up out of your house, out of your dad's house, get up out of Fairdale, and I'm going to take you somewhere. He didn't even tell him where. Austin and Holly say they're okay with it. Don't know about the rest of us. Verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Notice that the same formula that Psalm 67 David knows about is in the Abraham covenant. I'm going to bless you. And if I bless you, Abraham, guess what? Other people will be blessed. It's Christianity 101. You have been blessed so that you can be a blessing to people. If you're not a blessing to people, you've not been blessed. You're a punk. You're a Christian jerk. That's why people don't want to be around you. Or go to church with you. Or come have dinner at your house. Because you act like you know God, but you treat others with contempt and you're prideful. And Jesus hates that. And there are passages after passages after passages. And if your Facebook posts are all about how you don't like immigrants or they don't speak English or whatever, then get over it. You're not helping the cause. He says, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. Listen, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. Now look at the last part of verse 3 right here, and you can underline this. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Does everybody see it? God's plan from the beginning is to bless everybody. God is going to bring his message of salvation to everybody, and he's starting here with Abraham. Now, if it's that, if, as if that's not enough, now flip over to Galatians chapter 3 and watch what Paul says about this. For those of y'all that like the Bible, you're going to like this. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 8. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Listen to this. He's about to quote from Genesis 12. And the Scripture, that's the Word of God, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, by that He means all nations, preached the Gospel beforehand to Abraham, the Gospel saying, quote, In you all the nations will be blessed. Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, or the churches in Galatia, says what he told Abraham in Genesis 12, he is doing, he was preaching the gospel then, and he's preaching the gospel now, so that all people will come to know Jesus. 
or so that peoples from all people will come to know Jesus. So, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then lastly, Psalm 67, verse 6. Worship. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And let all the ends of the earth fear Him. He ends Psalm 67 with His prayer. The, 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 the declaration of verse 7 is the prayer in verse 1. So verse 7 says, God will bless us. Verse 1 says, God, please bless us. Because He knows that He will. In this verse, says the commentator, we find a song for all future time. God will bless us is our assured confidence. He may smite us, He may strip us, He may even slay us, as Job says, but He must bless us. God cannot turn away from doing this to His people. David knows this in Psalm 67. Charles Spurgeon says, All tribes without exception shall fill a sacred awe of the true God. Ignorance shall be removed, insolence subdued, injustice banished, idolatry hated, and the Lord's love, the Lord's life, the Lord's liberty will be over all. The Lord Himself will be King of kings and Lord of lords. And David knows this. David knows that there is coming a day, like Revelation 5, 9, and 7, 9 says, that John was given a picture of heaven. And when John, none of us have seen heaven, but John has seen heaven. And when John looked into heaven, he was blown away because it wasn't just people that are his color. It wasn't just people that spoke his language. There were languages that he didn't understand. There were people there that he had never seen before. And he thought to himself, my word, people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation are here, ransomed by the blood of Christ, believing in the Lord Jesus as a Lord and Savior, and heaven is filled with them. And the church should respond with, I want to be about it. I want to be about it. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, as you know. And I didn't have a map today to say, here's what we do. Except for, we pray, verse 1, God, change us. Change us. Help us stop looking down upon people. Help us stop being rubbed the wrong way all the, all the time. Help us to be more welcoming, more inviting, more sensitive to people in their situations. God, help us to be mindful of all nations, all races, all peoples, all tongues. Help us to love the languages, love the diversity, because God does. And may we do it. Because this is what He's about. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Psalm 67 and for its power and its authority and for your love for all people. God, help us to be those who want to be about Jesus saving people. God, help us to be those who want to be about people knowing you. All types of people. And God, help it to not be something that's just driven by our, our, our job with, with diversity. Or help it not to be that. Help it to be stronger, God. Help it to be that we have seen in the Scriptures, this is what you're like. This is what God is like. To be any other way is to be ungodly. Father, have mercy upon us and bless us. Make your face to shine upon us. Keep us. Be gracious to us. 
Lift your countenance upon us, God, that we may have peace. And in turn, God, may that cause other people to know your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.